Hello everybody and welcome to the Australian Seller Podcast. My name is Chris Thomas and I'll be your host and this is the show where we talk about all things Amazon and e-commerce, whether it be private label, wholesale, dropshipping and how you can generate a recurring income either on the side or as a full-time gig. G'day, g'day everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Australian Seller Podcast. Today's episode is episode 99, so if you head over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash 099, you'll get all the show notes to the interview that I've just had with Rafael Elbaz, who is the CEO of unicargo.com, a dedicated Amazon freight forwarding company. And as you'll soon hear, there's pretty much nothing that Rafael doesn't know about shipping your goods from anywhere in the world to an Amazon warehouse. So we talk about everything from the dramatic impact that COVID's had on freight forwarding and global logistics and the entire industry, right through to the tariffs and how you can save a lot of money sourcing from countries like India or Vietnam instead of China. Uh, A quick apology for the audio quality this week too. Don't forget to join the Australian Seller family over on Facebook at theaustralianseller.com forward slash Facebook. And don't forget, of course, that I'm offering private coaching this year. So head over to theaustralianseller.com forward slash Chris to book an hour session with me to make sure you're heading in the right direction with some accountability. All right, let's get on to this week's show with Raphael. Australian Seller Podcast. Today, I'm delighted to welcome Raphael Elbaz from Unicargo. Raphael, thank you very much for joining us today. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for for having me. (laughs) No problem at all. All right, so today we're going to talk about all things logistics and everything in between. I just wanted to put a quick shout out to Sharon Evan for introducing us. So she's a good friend of yours and you're based out of Israel, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're based out of Israel. uh, our offices are in Israel, China, and in the US. Hopefully, we'll have an Australian office uh, one day. Uh, we, are, we are pretty much discovering the, the Australian audience, and we, we're noticing that there are a pretty big Amazon seller community in Australia, and, and we love that. It's big and getting bigger, especially since Amazon Australia opened its doors a few years ago now. Yeah. And uh, we're seeing a lot more interest in Amazon, not just Australia, obviously, but also um, internationally as well. All right. Um, can you give us a bit of your background? How did you get into logistics and even further than that, like h- helping out Amazon sellers with their logistics? Yeah, that's a, it's a good question. It's an interesting story as well. So uh, my name is Rafael. I'm the CEO and, and owner of Unicargo. Unicargo is a freight forwarding company I've established back in 2015, five years ago. Um, and we are... We are a dedicated free forwarding for Amazon sellers, basically, and, and e-commerce companies. And how did I get to that is I actually lived in Australia. Um, I, I've lived in Australia for five years and I had shops. I had shops in shopping malls where I sold hair straighteners and hair extensions, all these hair accessories for, for women. And I used to buy it out of distributors in Australia. And then one day I, 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 I found a piece of paper in that packages that I got from the distributor that shows the factory address. And I'm talking about, I'm talking about probably 2006. We're talking about 14 years ago. And with that document that shows the certificate for customs to import those products from China, I actually started my, my whole journey with international trade. I was going to Alibaba and Alibaba just started back then. 
And I, act, I somehow I found that factory based on that piece of paper I found in one of the boxes. Mm. And I got to the factory. I started talking to Chinese suppliers. Again, that's 14 years ago. They were, you know, we were dealing with Microsoft Messenger, if you remember those days. Um, and it was pretty different back then um, compared to today. But I, I, I was a young man. I was like 21, 22 or something, you know. Didn't think too much. I bought a tour guide on China and I just took a plane and, and fly there. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I've, I, I've set up a meeting with someone I'm, I, I've, you know, encountered online, someone I met online. And I told him, hey, I'm coming to China. I want you to be my translator. And we went to factories. I started to get in touch with the factories and I started to actually importing my own products to sell on the shops. That's how I got into the whole international trade thing. Uh, mm-hmm. Time went by and I really got into the whole importing, exporting side of thing. And after I've closed the business, I've, I've sold part of it to, to the other partner and I started working in international shipping companies because that's, that's what was, you know, that was my biggest passion. And I've been working in international shipping companies for many years and and back in 2014, 2015, I got by accident a, a, acquainted with, I, I, I found out the whole Amazon FBA world and I noticed that there is a very big void in the market. There, were, there, there, there wasn't any real shipping company were, you know, dedicated to these sellers. They had all these questions. They, they didn't have a lot of experience in, in, in shipping and trade. And I decided right back and like, I've decided to, jump into that and, you know, become the biggest Amazon freight forwarding company in the world. And that was my goal. Uh, it, is, it is still my goal. We are on track. Uh, we are now mm-hmm. about 60 employees around the world. And I think we are the biggest Amazon shipping company who are non-Chinese, all right? We are the biggest Western mm-hmm. shipping company uh, for Amazon sellers. Um, and yeah, that's, that's how I started basically the, the journey. All right, that's a really excellent uh, introduction there. Thank you. Um, all right, let's hop, let's let's hop into it then, because uh, you obviously have been involved with a lot of Amazon sellers. What are some of the biggest mistakes that Amazon sellers, both new and experienced sellers, make when it comes to logistics? Well, everybody makes mistakes, especially the the the, the, the new people selling on Amazon, the new Amazon sellers. But you know what? You'll be surprised that some of the biggest Amazon sellers are actually doing the same mistake as the smaller sellers. And there are a lot of mistakes, but I can say that the biggest mistakes I see is people are, you know, they source a product, they do the market research, they source a product, but they don't really get into what is required in order to import a product. You know, people always look at what is required in order to sell on a marketplace. What Amazon requirements for me to sell this and that product? But actually, there are two aspects to it, because one aspect is to how to import that, what certification, what um, licenses, what kind of documents do I need in order to import that product? That's the first aspect, you know, dealing mm-hmm. with customs, dealing with U.S. customs or dealing with European customs or dealing with Australian customs. And the second aspect is the marketplace aspect. What do we need in order to sell? And the main focus people are putting is what do I, only the second aspect. What do I need in order to sell the marketplace um, uh, compliance? But before it reaches a marketplace, you have to go through the importing barrier, the importing compliance. <clears throat> and I've seen 
I would say hundreds and hundreds of shipments get confiscated by customs, get destroyed, get turned back to China because people just didn't do their due diligence properly. And, and that's, that's a really, you know, we say, we have a saying that mistakes in international trade costs a lot of money. You know, you, you learn by mistakes, but these mistakes can be very, very expensive sometimes. And that's basically the, the first biggest problem we see. The second biggest problem I see that people who are scaling up, you know, when you're, when you're starting up, you know, you have your supply, the shipping for you, and that's fine. You start with small orders, but the, 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 when, you, when you start selling properly, when you become bigger and bigger and you scale up, you need to adjust your supply chain. You need to, you need to have partners. You know, you can't have your supplier ship the products for you because the supplier is not a freight forwarder. The supplier, the supplier is a factory who deal with the Chinese freight forwarder and they do the whole thing for you. But when you scale up, when you're starting to have more and more and more shipments, you need your own partners in that. It's like, it's like you won't go to court without a lawyer. You know, you need that, that professional <laughs> partner to handle your you know, your supply chain to, to, to deal with problems, to work about compliance. Um, so that's the, made, that's the biggest mistakes uh, we see today. Mm -hmm. And once people are educated about them, once they understand it, they don't do that mistake anymore. The problem is there's <laughs> not too much education about the international trade side of thing, the importing side of thing, and the shipping th side of thing on the Amazon seller community. And that's exactly where we come into place. Awesome. Yeah, because that's, uh, yeah, it can basically blow you out of the water. It can sink your business before you've even started. Yeah. And there's also, there's also sort of the, um, why don't we talk about just the, you know, like dimensions, because I think that's another big mistake that a lot of sellers make too, where they kind of get mixed up between the weight of something, but there's a big difference between how, how much something weighs and it's, in inverted commas, air quoted, volumetric weight the volume so, it takes on the carrier yeah, exactly and and that's something that a lot of sellers get really confused about so you're able to maybe point us in the direction of a resource or even try and explain to us <laughs> in a podcast yeah. i'll the try difference I'll, between, I'll do both. yeah yeah try. I'll, I'll do both so basically you. as you mentioned and as you said that's 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 the summary of it there is a very big difference between the weight of an item to how much space it takes on an on an aircraft or on a truck on or a vessel or, or on a shipping container. For example, mm. let's take an example of importer. Uh, let's say Chris. Chris, you are importing metal spoons or metal products. These products would be very very heavy, and they won't take too much space. So, for example, you'll have a shipment of one thousand kilos, and you importing metal spoon or metal cups. All right. And your 1,000 kilo will, will, will be placed on one pallet, basically. It can be actually mm. placed on one pallet because these are very heavy items. And I, myself, Rafael, I'm selling pillows on Amazon. And I have the same weight. I'll produce 1,000 kilos worth of pillows. So we both have shipments, right? You have 1,000 kilos of spoon and I have 1,000 kilos of pillows. But mm. your spoon will actually take one pallet. You know mm. how much pallets 1,000 1, kilos of pillows takes? <laughs> I, I I'll tell you, a lot of yes. pillows and, and blankets and stuff like that. They <laughs> would take about 12 pallets. Right. So 
you, you got to understand that the carrier, let's talk about air freight, the, air, the, the airlines, they cannot charge Chris for $5 a kilo times $1,000, $5,000, and Chris only take up one pallet of you know volume. And mm. me, they can't charge me $5 per kilo on 1,000 kilos because I'll take half of the plane. Mm. And then they'll go bankrupt. So they come up with dimensional weight. It's, it's a formula basically to calculate what would be your chargeable weight based on the volume or weight, the highest one. Mm. And if you want to learn more about it, it's not that complicated. It's, it's very, very important to understand. And I'll ex- 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 explain exactly why. If you'll go, if you'll Google Unicargo volumetric weight or Unicargo volume calculators, there are a lot of... Um, resources that we've written about it and we have a lot of guides about it. We have calculators and and very uh, in-depth explanations. Just Google uh, Unicargo volume weight or Unicargo volumetric weight. We have an explosive um, topic about that because it really can kill a business and we've seen it. Um, Mm. But it all starts with you sourcing a product. You know, Every Amazon seller, you know, every Amazon seller talks about differentiating and winning the competition. And a lot of them are doing it by packaging. You know, people love beautiful packaging and and customized packaging. And a lot of the times when you don't understand that volumetric thing, you can design a package, you know, for it'll be very beautiful, but there will be a lot of air in it. It won't Mm. it won't fit exactly to your product and what will happen is when you put it on a master box on those brown big boxes on those shipping boxes it, mm. we've seen a lot of time that the product actually if we if we strip it out of the boxes the, the actual unit box the products you know we can fit double the products in a, in a shipping box and mm. that's when you understand you are ship your pain for air you know, you are paying to ship air because your <laughs> unit box takes a lot of space and it doesn't really mm. it doesn't really match your unit size. Mm. And when sourcing the yeah. product, you gotta you gotta understand once you understand the formula, which is you know, width times length times height times the, the formula of the airline, you'll be mm. able even when you source a product, you'll be able to see what is the you know, the gross weight of the actual unit, and you will mm. be able to calculate what would be the volumetric weight of the unit box. And even when you source a product, before you even buy something, before you even uh, start going to manufacturing, you'll be able to understand what is the difference between the actual weight of that unit to the actual to the volumetric weight you are going to pay if you'll ship it by air. And a mm. lot of these products you, you can't even ship by air because they are too volumetric. You only have mm. to go via C. And even via C, there will be a big difference and you'll pay more. Um, so I would say that's a very, very important topic for sellers to educate them, themselves, to understand. And it will really help them avoid really, really, really mm. costly mistakes. Exactly. Because then they, they, it's unlikely that they'll be competitive when it comes to selling on Amazon because their cost of goods, including freight, has skyrocketed, exactly. right? Because they haven't actually done all that, that homework that needs to be done. Exactly. exactly. Speaking of sea freight, air freight, and of course, there's couriers as well. What's happening right now? It's kind of a two pronged question between 
you know, we understand that COVID has really driven the prices of freight up, in particular with air freight, because there's yeah. so few aircraft. Because <laughs> um, as I understand things, with couriers or many couriers actually, or well, certainly with air freight, they actually just book space on uh, international flights, right? And it's on passenger jets. So um, that's yeah. really started to drive up because there's so few flights actually taking off right now that's driven up the price. I mean, most of the big companies that I can think of, like maybe UPS, FedEx, and perhaps DHL, maybe a handful of others have their own fleet of aircraft. Mm-hmm. So what, what's happening to the prices then of freight and logistics? Um, why don't we start with air and then we can talk about sea and maybe yeah. even Korea. It's, it's, yeah. kind of a, it's kind of a loop because the air freight implies directly on air courier prices and, and those problems imply directly on ocean. It becomes the major problem where every different shipping method implies on the other one. And I'll explain. So sure. starting COVID-19, Everybody canceled their flights. Every airline have canceled their flight because we they understand there are no passenger anymore. So it doesn't make sense to have planes just flying around between countries because there are no they can sell flight tickets. Nobody flying. You know, countries are mm. forbidden from people coming in, and there are no flights. So you know, even before that, it's important to understand that the the majority of cargo is actually being transported on passenger flights and not mm. cargo flights, all right? Cargo flights mm. are much more expensive than having 500 kilo, 1,000 kilo, 2,000 kilos being shipped on a passenger flight. Passenger flight, just, you know, regular flights, you know, mm. Air China, Cathay Pacific. Um, all those guys. Qantas, yeah. uh, Virgin. We, we actually, freight forwarders actually... Um, utilize the belly of the aircrafts of the passenger airlines to ship cargo and 80% of all worldwide cargo, listen to that, 80% of the worldwide cargo transportation is via passenger flight and not the other way around as people think by cargo Mm -hmm. flight. So back to our problem, airlines have canceled all their flights, space became like a huge deal, nobody, no airline has space because there are no flights, which means... Mm -hmm prices go through the roof because there are just no, there is no uh, supply. There is a huge demand. People are, mm. people need to ship all these PPE products, you know, mask, um, mm. all the, the Corona products, we call them has gone through the roof. People are looking to, to, to hire full planes and there are just no space. And what happened is that we've seen during March, April, May, we've seen the air freight prices, you know, coming to a place as nobody has ever seen them in the industry, in the in the history of air freight. We've seen rates go through 18, 19, 20 dollars a kilo. Well, last year on the same time, you're looking at three kilos, three dollars a kilo, 3.5 dollars yeah. a kilo, and they become, you know, like 18, 19, 20 dollars a kilo. And people would kidnap it, they'll snatch it, they'll, whenever there is a space, they'll pay, they'll pay whatever it takes because they need, you know, the, the, the economy is moving, you know, mm-hmm. e-commerce is booming, people need to move their products, businesses are, are, are running. Obviously, a lot of business are, you know, affected, um, but it's mostly offline brick and mortar businesses. E-commerce yeah. was going through the roof, we've seen it, it was coronavirus for shipping companies were, were the biggest month month ever. You know, we've tripled our revenues because 
e-commerce was just booming. You know, people are buying yeah. more online and sellers mm-hmm. need to ship their products. So air freight gone through the roof, crazy. There was no space. You couldn't book a flight. You're, you'll have to wait two, three, four, four weeks to get your cargo on an airplane. In China, mm-hmm. you know, the whole industry has changed. There were... Nobody even talked to you about prices. They were talking about space. Don't, you know, when you talk to an airline, they say, hey, don't inquire about price. We're not, it's not interesting. The price doesn't matter. You've got to ask mm-hmm. if we have the space or not. Don't ask us about how much it costs. Because whatever mm-hmm. it costs, people will pay it. So don't even ask about how much it's going to cost. Ask about when you'll have the space. You know, it, it's got to that point. And what happened is that majority of air freight, majority of air cargo was transitioning to Air Express, UPS, FedEx, DHL, mm. TNT, because these, these companies doesn't run passenger airlines. They run only their own fleets. As you said, they run cargo flights. Mm. And what happened is that like they've got a huge increase in demand that they were just collapsing because they... From my numbers, we were seeing between a thousand to two to to a thousand five hundred percent increase in demand for air courier. And mm. imagine, I'm just a small, you know, nut in the system. I'm nothing compared to worldwide cargo. But mm. imagine that their rates haven't gone through the roof. They've kept their rates because. Nothing really changed there, you know, because the, the, it's not like they have less flight. They have the same amount of flights because they, were, they weren't running passenger airlines. So right. they had no real reason to, to up their prices by 200, 300%. They, they, take, they took advantage of the situation, obviously, because all of a sudden there is much more demand and the supply mm-hmm. is the same. So the prices went up as well, but mm-hmm. not aggressively as air freight. But what happened is that all of this cargo that was used to move on air freight is now going to air courier. And these mm. companies were just exploded with cargo. And we've reported it extensively throughout April and, and, and last month that transit time became, if usual transit time on Air Express were three to four days, it became two weeks. And yeah. all of a sudden, if the cargo, if we usually pick up cargo on the same day, and it goes on a flight on the same day, all of a sudden their warehouses, their airline warehouses were backed up and piled up with, you know, millions of boxes. And it took took about a week and sometimes about 10 days just to go on a flight. So they were on on, on a complete collapse as well. Prices were going up and it was just crazy, you know? (laughs) Yeah, that was slammed. We've never seen anything like it, not even close to it. Anywhere in history. That's, that's a very interesting time. Um, obviously, yes. coronavirus in China, mm. we all know it started in China, it affected shipping lines, ocean, because they will start to cancel their vessels because their you know, factories wasn't, weren't working. They, they, they were all closed up. So there is no um, demand, basically. It's funny because mm. it started with no demand. Right, because factories mm-hmm. were closed, there is there was no demand for shipping, and all of a sudden China opens opens up somewhere around March. I would say mid end March, China were you know on the roll. Everybody's open, everybody's starting manufacturing, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden from no demand, it was like three hundred percent demand. 
<laughs> and then supply went down. So it was a very, the situation was moving very, very fast and changing very fast. Mm. Um, you probably ask, okay, what about today? Today? Yeah, what about today? We see, we see <laughs> the, the airlines are utilizing their planes to cargo. They've actually shifted. A lot of the airlines have actually removed the passenger seats. Mm-hmm. And like they were, they, they started move cargo instead of, instead of passenger, they People. started yeah. move cargo, like kind of adjusting and modifying their passenger fleet to move cargo. Yeah. So Definitely. now we have more supply, but it's still not effective as it used to be. It's still a bit more expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still not, it's still not as, as it used to be and what we are used to. It is still about three, four, five dollars more than the average, so it's much higher as well. Mm. Um, space is still a problem, although it's much better than what we've seen in the past two months. It's better mm. now. Um, for example, we've just shipped uh, last week. We, we've shipped about three thousand kilos of cargo from China to Amazon, and the guy paid five dollars a kilo, which is all right compared, yeah. to, compared to, to our situation. Last year, he would pay about $3.5 a kilo. So it's okay. still all right. We see mm. um, capacity is getting bigger and bigger. So we, we, we see space, you know, free up. And, and we are pretty optimistic. But to be honest, the situation won't get back to normal until people will start flying again, you know, between countries. Yes. And nobody really knows when will that happen. People are talking about the second wave and et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Exactly. Still very vague, but air freight is starting to to adjust to the situation. It's more, it, it's higher. The prices are higher, but it's still it's bearable. It's not twenty dollars a kilo. It's five, six, seven dollars a kilo, which is fine. Yeah, um, we can live with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was just that you know, air freight was typically subsidized by passengers, which exactly. they're not there anymore. <laughs> so. Exactly. Uh, to make it competitive, and yeah, it sounds like a, it's a good idea for the airlines. So it sounds like it's a good idea to rip out a few seats and pile up the planes. With, they have no, yeah. they have no other option. You know, it's either that or the planes just sitting around doing nothing. Well, I guess the other problem that an airline has though is that there's not really a door big enough on an aircraft, you know, for the passenger section to allow. Is there to to allow sort of exit and entry of goods into the? It's, into it's the- very small. I'll I'll send you some picture later. It's- I do. It's crazy. You see boxes on 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 the floor and boxes in yeah. the in the in the in the cabins behind above the the passenger seats, and it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's actually fun. Okay. They they actually take up every centimeter on the plane to, to push boxes. <laughs> well, I suppose that's why it's a little bit more expensive to, yeah. to do that because you've got a lot more labor. You know, these people carrying boxes in and out of an aircraft. Anyway, okay. sorry, we're getting caught up in some minute details here. Yeah. Um, um, another another situation that happened yeah. is we see in the past two weeks, and that's very important. Amazon is backed up like we've never seen before. Getting a delivery appointment for a full container loads takes a month. So for example, we have containers actually sitting at the port. Uh, we are we are part of Amazon uh, solution provider network, which means we mm-hmm. are connected to Amazon network we, with Amazon systems. So we, we control the delivery appointment software. We have the software, we are connected to Amazon. And mm-hmm. I ask Amazon, hey, Amazon, I have a container. Here's the shipment reference ID, da, da, da. I need an mm-hmm. appointment for tomorrow or I need an appointment for next week. Amazon will come back and say, Hey, please come next month. 
So situation with yeah. Amazon is also probably very fluid. kind of a post-corona thing where things opened up and people are shipping more and more and more and more. And mm-hmm. Amazon can just can't receive goods. And mm-hmm. I'm probably aware that all of the listeners who have active shipments and shipments that are due to be delivered, they see major delays. I'm not talking about processing the shipment. I'm actually talking about delivering it to Amazon. Amazon just doesn't have time slots. It's crazy. I've never seen it before. Um, And obviously, it probably implies on the processing side as well. Once the shipment has been delivered with the freight forwarder, how long Mm -hmm. it takes Amazon to actually process and take it into stock. Um, Get it into inventory, yeah. Yeah, what about so, um, China and India and Vietnam and some of those major sourcing options for most sellers? What maybe just break? What's happening out in India? Because it seems like things are actually getting quite a lot worse there. Is that actually, is that impacting um, freight out of? Yeah, India, India is, is 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 you know India started the complete lockdown like a real lockdown. Nobody goes out of the house like crazy mm-hmm. lockdown, starting I think April or March. And they've kept on extending the lockdown, you know, situation. So most areas in India are still under lockdown. We mm-hmm. know that DHL and FedEx are almost unoperational. We can't, mm-hmm. they, we, when you call them to book cargo, they just, hey, call us next week. They are, we can pick up cargo, call us next week, call us next month. Yeah. It's very mm-hmm. hard to, to, to take cargo out of India currently from most of the areas in India and mm. it's pretty bad there, yeah. to be to be honest yeah. logistics wise pretty bad seems like it's seems like it's getting worse as well hopefully things yeah. improve before October I was due to go back in October to a trade show I don't know on the yeah, India sourcing no, trip no, I'm not sure. that's, that's yeah we just don't know um, and then what about Vietnam? Because Vietnam, Vietnam, is, pretty, Vietnam is actually pretty good with, with yeah they they got on top of their of their yeah. coronavirus outbreak very quickly and um yeah it seemed to have really nipped it in the bud before it even really got started so yeah it sounds like vietnam's actually working quite well yeah logistics wise it's working pretty well air freight ocean freight we don't see any major um disruption or major problems there we ship okay. full containers there we ship lost the container there and from there and air freight air express uh, I was surprised to see that it works uh, pretty well, com- you know, considering where, what situation we are at worldwide. Um, yeah. Thailand works works properly. Cambodia, Nepal, all all these like okay. kind of a mm. third country, you know, mm. third country things. Uh, uh, they're pretty, pretty operational, to be honest. Talk to me about sea. Um, we've sort of talked a bit about Korea and air freight, but has sea freight prices gone up? Or yes. they they have to okay. Sea freight prices they are going up in this week will be the fifth consecutive weeks that prices are going up. Prices for full containers are I would say about one thousand seven hundred seventeen hundreds higher than you know the same period of time last year, um, okay. and that's almost a hundred percent increase. Compared wow. to, to June last year, um, mm. so obviously container prices are affecting less than container load prices and affecting fast sea, slow sea. That's the major mm. Um, mm. key indicator: the full container prices. Um, mm. So they are definitely up. Um, that's a reason of blank sailing. 
carriers are still shipping lines are still adapting to the situation and trying to add more and more uh, sales uh, and, and mm. vessels. And also, that's a situation of increase in demand. Okay, air freight has gone through the roof, so people are just you know they ship more sea. All right, and when okay. the demand is going up, supply stays the same or supply is lower, prices go up. Of course, yeah, that makes sense. Tariffs is another thing on my list here. What? Uh, where are we up to with those? They seem to have been lost or forgotten in the whirlwind that is COVID. So what's what's happening with the tariffs at the moment? Trump's tariffs yeah. in particular. Tariffs from China are still in the same situation. Everybody's looking for November for election day, you know, to see what's going to happen with the with current with the current administration in the US. Mm-hmm. Right now, Trump is, as you can all see in the news. Trump is actually escalating the situation with China. It doesn't look even doesn't look better. You know, with the COVID, he blames them for that. Lots of political stuff going on between them, and it's mm. it, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look like you know we're gonna wake up tomorrow and the tariffs were, will be gone. The tariffs are out there, and it is what it is. The tariffs are crazy high. By the way, mm. we have a very nice tool where you can actually put your age code and see the actual duty and the Trump duty, and you can see if there is Trump duty or not Trump duty. It's a very user-friendly. You can just put your Unicago, Unicago Trump tariff and you'll get into mm-hmm. a calculator where can you, you put your H code and you see the exact duty and if it's got Trump or it didn't got Trump. Um, and that's gotcha. a pretty, pretty useful tool that we use also a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I would say there is also a very big advantage in those tariffs. You know, well, mm-hmm. you know, it, entrepreneurs, and that's the the core value of an Amazon seller. You, you know, we are they are entrepreneurs first, and entrepreneurs can see or need to see the opportunity in every crisis. And we have a crisis of crazy huge tariffs, right? From you know, for for stuff manufactured in China, use that. Go source other places. You know, go mm-hmm. source places where you'll have zero percent, and there are a lot of. I, I do a lot of education about how to find the same product that you manufacture in China that will have 0% duty in other countries. You know, the U.S. government has a lot of programs like GSP, where they have preferred lists of, of products from different countries that they are trying to develop. They have free trade agreements with, with a lot of countries. And there are actually ways to find out. For, let's take bags, bag, backpack, sure. purses. The, the original import duty is 17.4%. Trump came in with, and gave them another 25%. So they are now 47.4% duty on everything related to backpack, bags, purses, everything in that category. It has a zipper and looks like a bag. Sourced out of China, yeah? Yeah, just out of China. Mm-hmm. The whole That's Trump right. tariff is for everything manufactured in China, right? Mm-hmm. And even, even if it's being transported from Australia... But it's still manufactured in China. You'll have those duties. It doesn't matter okay. where you shipped from. It matter where it manufactured, where it was manufactured. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you go into the backpack category, ninety mm-hmm. percent of the people in Amazon produce in China and pay a whooping fifty percent tariffs, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And if you open up your mind and you'll go to countries where. U.S. has a GSP program, a generalized system of preference with those countries like Indonesia, Cambodia, Vietnam. 
you'll be able to source the same products, sometimes better, for the same price, and you'll be paying 0% duties on them. Yeah, you know what? The shipping might cost a little bit more. It might, you know, you might need to do a little bit more legwork to source mm -hmm. it, to do the quality control and everything. But imagine that your competition is paying 50% and you're paying zero. What competitive edge you'll have then, you know? And mm -hmm. there are a lot, huge variety of products that I can think of from the top mm -hmm. of my head that mm -hmm. has a crazy amount of tariff if it's being manufactured in China. But mm -hmm. it open, opens up a great opportunity for entrepreneurs, for real entrepreneurs to go and look out for just, you know, especially for those high tariff products, go yes. for other products, but source them not from China. And then you have a competitive edge for yourself. You know, your competition buys it for $5 and you buy it for $2. Exactly. Yeah, that's a real. That's a that's a whole other podcast episode that we need to have. Yeah, <laughs> I would love to talk about that. Um, one of the other things too that a lot of sellers try and do is manipulate their seller. Oh, I'm sorry, their shipment plans. Um, is there any way that you can, uh, you know, because often Amazon will say uh, we want you to ship, you know, a third of your goods to California, a third of them yeah. to say Chicago, Illinois, and yeah. perhaps a third over to Pennsylvania. Is there any way that you're aware of at the moment where we can potentially get around that without having to resort to a managed placement fee that you know comes with yeah. just shipping to one warehouse? So the short answer, that's a good, very good question. And a lot of sellers are going through that phase and, you know, banging their mm. head through the wall to, 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 to understand what they're going to do. The short answer is no, okay. but there is a long answer as well. Amazon has a, and do we have time for the long answer, Chris? <laughs> of course we do. Okay. Because, yeah, so, yeah, let's go. The, 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 the long answer is Amazon has an algorithm, right? Amazon knows which products or which product categories sells and where. So they'll, they, they are smart. You know, they'll have you distribute the products in the, the different uh, facilities mm -hmm. instead of them doing that. And, you know, that's how they save a lot of money and they make themselves more efficient. But for the seller, it's a huge, huge increase in shipping costs. Can be, so yes. what happens is a lot of sellers are trying to manipulate the ship from address. So, for example, you'll, you'll, you'll try to create a shipping plan with a US with a Los Angeles-based ship from address. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it might, the ship from might play with the algorithm and give you a, a very close ship too. So the ship That's from right. is where your cargo come, comes out of. A lot of sellers, if you import from China, you should use a ship from address, which is a LA-based address, all right? An LA 3PL for, for your freight forwarder or something that you'll use that on the shipping plan. And I would say 20% of the time, if you have a product that is not oversized, 20% mm. of the times you'll get a ship to address around ONT8, LX9, yeah. um, around Southern California, which will save mm. you a lot of money. That's one thing to do. The second thing you can do is inventory placement service, which mm. we all know. Um, it's very important that you understand exactly how much it's going to cost you. Because I've seen a lot of people on <laughs> yes. the forums, you know, different Amazon Facebook groups saying, hey, I've got hit with $5,000 from Amazon. What the f***? And mm. they, you know, it's just inventory placement. A lot of people don't really know how to calculate the real cost of inventory placement service, which is very important. Some of the products you'll actually pay $2 per unit, right? Depends on the size of a product. 
So it's very, very important that you understand very well how it's being calculated. Uh, There are calculators by by Amazon to understand that. So the the Mm. second thing you can do is you need to have a freight forwarder who understands Amazon. And I can tell you from, from the top of my head, the rule of thumb would be if your shipment is big enough, all right, let's say you have over 15, 17 CBM volume, Mm-hmm. It will almost always be cheaper to send it to a three different locations, like a three different shipments, than using the inventory placement service. So you gotta you gotta take the cost of inventory placement service plus the cost of shipping to that one location you'll get from inventory placement service and mm-hmm. combine that together. That would be your landed cost for in the IPS, let's call it IPS, inventory placement service. Right? That would be your landed for IPS. And then you need to have another shipping plan that goes to three different locations and have the prices of three different shipments and combine that together. And then you compare it with your IPS. And again, most of the time, if you have a big enough shipment, it will be cheaper to use the consolidated containers. Amazon, Amazon, sorry, Freight forwarder who dedicate themselves to Amazon and, 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 and that's the main business have consolidated containers, which means they have containers going to um, directly to Amazon and where they combine a lot of sellers inside to lower the costs. And when you work with that type of, of forwarders, you know, it, it becomes cheaper to send a less than container load shipment directly to Amazon. So mm-hmm. I would say you need to calculate the landed cost with IPS, inventory placement service. Mm-hmm. If your shipment is big enough, calculate how it's how much it's going to cost you to ship to three different locations. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to see the numbers in front of you. That's um, right. But again, back to the short answer, there, there is no real workaround around that. I've seen a lot of Startup companies try to manipulate Amazon algorithm, create shipment plans via API. There was a trick once where you can actually choose the location and, and have everything go to that. Amazon has blocked that a couple of months ago. There was a lot of uh, uh, loopholes in Amazon API, and a lot of software com- companies use that to create shipping plans using an API and actually choose what warehouse and get everything sent to that warehouse. Amazon has blocked in the recent couple of months. Amazon has blocked most of these uh, loopholes, and I don't think yeah. any of the companies are exist today. <laughs> no, that sounds like they were, you know, cutting corners to yeah. or exploit, exploiting vulnerabilities to uh, build a business is not a great idea. Perhaps we should wrap up, but uh, tell us a little bit about Unicargo. You've you've told us a little bit about your business, um, and you've been kind enough to spend a good forty minutes chatting with us and educating us. So. Yeah, happy to give for you to give a quick plug to Unicargo. Well, first of all, thank you for that. Um, today, Unicargo ships, I, I would say, around four or five thousand shipments a month for Amazon sellers all around the world. Um, I think we have one. I think we are one of the biggest, you know, knowledge um, sources for Amazon sellers as far as shipping, as far as problems, as far as we've probably we've probably seen every problem that can happen and we've probably <laughs> solved every problem that can happen and we probably know better than you how it's better to ship your product. So when yeah. people come to us, we would ask, hey, what is your required transit time? When do you need it by? You know, and then we'll help them 
build the right plan for them. Because um, sometimes a lot of these sales, you know, when you, especially new sales, they go into five, six, seven, ten different freight forwarders, get the prices and go with the cheapest one. And yeah. it might work if you have your first shipment or your second shipment, but later down that route, you understand that's the worst thing you can do because choosing the cheapest one, the cheapest possible option will definitely always be the less, the, the, the less reliable option and the slowest option. And sometimes not having stock to sell worth much more than saving $300 on your shipping cost or $500 or even $1,000. You know, I have sellers coming to me and saying, hey, I don't care how much it costs. Don't even talk to me about price. It's ready today in China. I need it tomorrow with Amazon. Because you know you know how it is. Sometimes you sell, I don't know, 300 units a day, 500 units a day. And we have sellers selling more than that. And when you are stock, it's worth thousands and tens and tens of thousands of dollars every single day. So choosing the cheapest option is not the right way to go. And that's another tip I could give. And that's something we really believe in. Um, about Unicargo, if you want to, if you want to get help, I'm trying to develop, you know, to, to give back to the community. We've built a very nice and successful company, uh, you know, based on Amazon sellers. And we are all about giving back. If you have questions, if you have inquiries, if you just, even if you have your own freight forward and you still need help, just contact Unicargo. You can search it on Facebook, on Google. You'll reach to our website. Just contact us via that. We have a customer service department that's special, that specializes in handling all of these requests. Um, Fantastic. That's that's pretty much it. That's awesome. Thank you very much, Raphael. Um, and you personally, how can we get in touch with you if, uh, if someone wants to reach out and have a, have a bit of a chat to you? I'm on Facebook, basically. I'm very active on Facebook, trying to answer, you know, people's inquiries and a lot of people mm-hmm. tag me in different groups and, you know, to, with, with questions and answers. You're a busy man on Facebook. That's for sure. It's fantastic. Yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's part of the, you know, that's part of the yeah. business. And I like that basically. If you want, I, I would love to, to participate in Australian seller groups because I, I don't think I'm familiar with too much. Uh, so if any of the listeners would like to contact me, send me some list of groups, I'll be happy to join in. And you'll see me there. If you have questions, I'll be happy if you'll tag me and I'll, I'll, I'll give my two cents on the subject. Uh, if anybody wants to reach me directly, that's Raphael, as my name is spelled, at unicargo.com. If you want to reach our pricing or customer service department, just Google Unicargo, go through the website and just mm-hmm. press, uh, you know, quote now or contact us. There, there are a lot of ways to contact us. If you want to reach me personally, it's either email, Facebook. Um, and if I like you, I'll give you my my WhatsApp number. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, thank you very much again for coming on the show. You have lived in Australia for what five years, so yeah, um, yeah. I, I as as I talked to you before the the, the the webinar, I I have a very very special place in my heart for Australia. I <laughs> spent five years of my best years in my life in Australia, sunny coast, Gold Coast, mm. great. Stuff. I love yeah, it. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's lovely out there. And, and see you all, you know. <laughs> well, if you do, drop by and say hi. So, anyway, cool. look, th- listen, thank you again, Raphael, for coming on the show and, uh, and thank yeah, you for guess, teaching us all about uh, international freight forwarding and everything in between. So, awesome. And let's hope that we talk again very soon. Yeah, yeah. Let's do another one for, you know, more advanced topics. Fantastic. Thanks, mate.
Thanks. Have a good one. Links and show notes for this episode can be found over at theaustralianseller.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher or your favorite podcast platform. Sign up to my email over at theaustralianseller.com and I'll send you a note each time I publish a new podcast episode. Thanks so much again for listening.